Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. We have a discount. We have a discount. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the dance that she's doing right now, but we have a discount on the annual subscription for Gen.Health. And trust me, Jen and I are going to want to do whatever we can do to keep ourselves moving through the next year because we have a little baby now. Woo! I know. I mean, it's really going to be key and crucial. And Following my own plan <laughs> has been something that I've been yes. consistent with from pregnancy to now because it's it just gives you a plan. It gives you something to follow on a day-to-day basis so you don't have to think. So whether you're dealing with knee injury, back injury, you know, foot injury, or you just want a, a full body plan that's going to give you strength workouts, mobility, core, all the things in one place, that is what Gen Health does for you. I mean, there's so many options. And like like Jen said, hip, back, knee, neck and upper back, elbow. Like, have you ever had pain in any of these areas? Yeah. Do you feel like you have restrictions in any of these areas? If so, there's a plan on Gen Health that is specifically tailored for you. And on top of that, there are plans like the full body low impact, the full body high intensity. The core that, plan. The core plan. But those two include workouts like strength workouts in the full body low impact plan or high intensity hit workouts and some strength workouts that are in the high intensity plan. So there's yeah. something for everybody. There really is. And we continue to make these plans and adjust them, tweak them a little bit based on feedback or what we think can be better. And we've updated videos within the platform as well, yes. because I know that we needed more videos. I know that we needed more instruction. and I know that we needed them done a different way so that we can continue to help you improve. We're not going to keep doing these massive type discounts come April, because then we'd have a year of the Gen platform Health will be already. A year old. So be one of the inaugural members yes. in the first year of Gen Health platform. Because remember when you get in, this is a 57% discount. I don't know if we even said that there's no code needed and if you get in now you lock in this price moving forward so forever forever so if you get in right now click the link below it's gen.house free trial because you get to try a week free and explore what this what we're really talking about but we're just wanting again to hear from you too what is working what is not working how can we make this better what else do you need we want to make this the ultimate pain platform for you so that you understand your body in a whole new way Moving forward, you could do whatever workout class you want to do because you understand your body so deeply. The ultimate pain platform. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that would be a good name, but get in now. Again, there's live sessions that Jen does to answer questions. We bring in guests every once in a while to give you these live webinar type feels to continue to learn more. So there's so many options to continue to learn about your body and move throughout the course of the entire next year with us. So get in Grab that link down in the show notes. Get this 57% discount. It's live this week only. All right. Back by popular demand for this <laughs> week's PT Pearl is IT band, which I feel like comes up all the time. So many people, especially who tend to be more active or have exercise that includes a lot of running or jumping, 
might experience IT band at one point or another. And we did a previous episode on this. I believe that's episode 16, mm -hmm. but don't quote me on that somewhere around there. Um, I'm so pretty sure it is. Long time ago. Yeah. Um, and we go a bit more over the anatomy and different, you know, physiology, the biology essentially of IT band and give a few exercises. But today we're going to talk a little bit more into current research, what things are saying on how to address this and what IT band actually is really because I feel like there's so many different misconceptions about what's happening. Yeah. And I think that's like really important that I think will hopefully help clarify that a little bit more on this episode in terms of, you know, I, I think we did say it last time, you know, like, oh, it doesn't help to roll out your IT band and all that kind of stuff. But I think understanding a little bit more of the why, like what exactly is this IT band? And so starting off, like, yes, it's an overuse injury, kind of like a tendinopathy or anything else that we do repetitively one yeah. way and not, you know, increasing other things in the body. So, but if we look at the IT band itself, this iliotibial track, this band, yeah. this structure, it's a really taut band that is there like how we've been built because we don't want to like fall side to side when we're walking straight forward. So mm -hmm. it's literally a structure built into our bodies to help us navigate forward better. Yeah. Every time we walk, I mean, walking alone, uh, especially for like going upstairs, we're putting multiple times our yes. body weight worth of force through each leg. And so rather than having our muscles always need to take that on. You know, mm -hmm. we have this more passive structure that doesn't have a lot of stretch to it, that doesn't have a lot of give to it, that's made out of primarily collagen, mm -hmm. which is one of the strongest types of, you know, building blocks our body has, um, takes a lot of that force. But then when we jump, when we run, when we're putting a lot of that impact through one leg, especially in single leg activities, we're putting from eight to 12 times our body weight in force through the side of our body. So tons of force goes through this thing. I also like to consider the IT band as kind of a super highway intersection where you have like multiple exits. I'm imagining somewhere <laughs> in Los Angeles where there's like multiple big highways mm -hmm. merging together and diverging because the amount of big, big muscle groups yeah, that's that attach connected. Yeah. into or around mm -hmm. the IT band is insane. Yeah, And the IT band, it's not just like I, I was reading a few things before doing this episode. It's not just like one flat big thing of tissue like that moves a lot or, you know, that there, there are essentially different layers yeah. that different layers of muscles attach into up at the hips. We have our glutes and all of our main glute players yeah. that attach into it. And then we have the tensor fascia lata. Um, we also like have a smaller hip muscle. Yeah, smaller front. hip muscle that does more internal rotation. But then we have our quads and our hamstrings mm -hmm, that kind of come in and connect. And some sources say they don't directly attach into the right. the IT band. But again, there's all these fascial planes. Fascia is like a spider web of network around our entire body. So mm -hmm. there is going to be some influence from our quads and our hamstrings. And then um, as we go all the way down through the leg, like so many big players that kind of intersect at this IT band. And I think what's important to note about this IT band, because when we look at it, you know, just if we Google IT band and we look at it, it looks like just this white shiny sheath, right? That 
that doesn't seem as interconnected until we yeah. understand the the body a little bit better. And so what we want you to understand is that this thing is anchored down. <laughs> like it is anchored into these huge muscles and big structures and and so though like your glute max, your biggest, you know, hip muscle can put some tension through this, it doesn't necessarily do it by moving it, right? And mm-hmm. and so therefore, you know, we can't then say that this is a friction syndrome. And that's what we've been told over time is that your IT band, the overuse is rubbing on the side, which is called our epicondyle um, of that femur bone. So of our long leg, and it is causing this rubbing every single time we bend and extend the knee. So especially think of runners, right? So every yeah. time you go run and you're bending and extending your knee, you're getting this rubbing and this friction. Well, not necessarily there's your though you have some tension that's pulled through that band it's not necessarily enough to to have it move back and forth and so it we're we're now moving away from that idea that it is a friction type syndrome and i think that is a good thing to now start to comprehend and learn within yourself if you go to a physical therapist or if you're working on exercises you know it's not that or just now we're starting to identify in our mind okay what is this right it isn't like oh no every time i bend and extend my knee every time i run every time i move i'm just making it worse because i'm getting that friction you know over that area again and again and again or else we'd all be dealing with some it man syndrome all the time i think a little bit more of what we're noticing is around the knee in that area, we have these highly innervated fat pads or mm-hmm. fatty areas and different bursa that can kind of exist in that area that if there is a lot of tension or a lot of compression going through that IT band, especially something that might be a little bit above what our body's used to. Right. Again, Which we, is always the case yeah, with pain. A lot of people are experiencing this in running and we already mentioned it might be a bit of an overuse injury. So we just get above that tolerance of mm-hmm. what those fat pads and what those bursa are used to. And they start telling us, okay, hey, pain, yeah. pain, dude, you got, <laughs> you're doing a little too much, like calm it down. And those bursa like to put out fluid to be able to, you know, act like, oh, we're going to help lubricate this area more or give you a little bit more love. Um, And that can induce some sort of swelling, which then can compound the compression, especially if we don't slow down that activity that we're doing. So essentially, it's this overuse injury that starts to irritate some of the more highly innervated tissues just below that distal IT band around the outside of the knee. Yeah. And so I think understanding, okay, well then what can help with something that could be compressing a bursa or potentially irritating those nerves in that area, right? That are eliciting and and sending those signals to the brain that's saying pain. And also know that pain isn't just mechanical, right? So this is one area and one cause that we're saying potentially could be the reason that you're having pain on the outside of your knee. But pain is so multifactorial. And we've talked about this on every podcast that mechanical pain is one reason that you're having pain. But another reason you could be having pain is because you're not getting enough sleep, your battery is running on low. And when mm-hmm. our battery is running on low, we're not getting enough sleep, we're not nu- getting enough nutrients, we're not hydrating, we're not all these things. We start to, the the signals that we're sending down into the body start to be a little bit more heightened, yeah. right? And so we have to look at things that are going to reduce that, those signals that are coming down and being so strongly interpreted as pain. 
Yeah. I mean, I love thinking back to somebody who had the on the podcast recently who talked about just like the cup full analogy. Yeah. I think it's so easy where when you're underslept, when you're not getting the nutrients in, when you have more stress in your life, your cup starts to fill up and the amount of space remaining is the amount of space before you start feeling that pain. Mm -hmm. So it might just take that much less mechanical stress, maybe even just walking throughout the day or going upstairs that would elicit the pain, you know, where if your cup is a lot more empty, it would take a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And so we want to start looking at, okay, well then what actually helps to reduce this, this pain on the side of the knee? What are the like top three <laughs> that are so popularized yes. that people say online we should be doing? One of the things I actually got reached out to for an article and I actually don't think I shared about it because I was like, eh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I did it for them, but it was about stretching. What are the stretches that help with IT band? And I tried to be very explicit in, you know, the article and saying that these exercises or mobility work that I'm providing aren't necessarily going into the IT band. Yeah. Because. Well, they might put a little tension through the IT band, but it's potentially, not stretching the IT band. Exactly. Like we can't do anything that's necessarily going to elongate the tissue, yeah. especially with a passive stretch. What yeah. we can do is start to talk to the musculature around the IT band, mm -hmm. around your hip, around your knee, right? And start to say, okay, maybe these need to be calmed down a little bit. Maybe we need to reduce some of the tension and pressure here. And and that's what mobility can kind of help with, but it's not necessarily putting enough elongation. And there's not, and, and studies are continuing to show there's not one good stretch for your IT band that really makes it effective enough to do anything significant. Yeah. And the studies that said that they looked at IT band stretching said that they saw negligible difference yeah. in IT band length yeah. when doing these stretches and stuff. So again, it's a passive structure. It's just collagen, uh, you know, it's essentially a very thick band of fascia. So we're not going to stretch that itself. But like you said, we can stretch the muscles that attach into it. And that's what, you know, can be shown in some cases to to give us this relaxing effect right. and maybe give us some of that relaxation, some of, some of the pain modulation where we'll distract our brain, distract the pain signals with a stretch that is fairly comfortable for us. And, and that can be great in some cases where if we do get those symptoms to calm down, especially if we're experiencing a flare-up of some sort, then we could work into some more of the the actual things that might help you long-term address why your IT band continues to have this overuse mm -hmm. or injury or pain, essentially. And now one of the other, you know, oh, really the big ones, yeah. <laughs> the really popular techniques toward IT band is is foam rolling the IT foam band. Foam rolling. Roll or maybe even getting a gun, you know, and doing some massage gun or maybe even doing yeah. some Graston techniques. And Those are the three that <laughs> I was thinking of. Stretching, foam rolling, and massage yeah. or any sort of tool. Yes. Like massage percussion gun they all yeah. kind of fall under that same category exactly and and honestly when we look at the studies for foam rolling there's just n no like numerous studies continue to show that there is that, like no studies have been found that using a foam roller on your t-band actually improves any symptoms in your it band syndrome yeah and again it's similar to stretching using it directly on your it band maybe not if you use it on your glutes and mm -hmm. your TFL and your quads and your hamstrings and maybe on your calf down where the IT band 
the outside of the leg and the outside of the calf where the IT band will be attaching into up there, like, will that help then relax some of the muscles in the area, give you a generalized reduction of pain in the area? Maybe. So I think it's just a misnomer when people say foam roll the IT band itself Mm -hmm. versus use that foam roller to target the muscles that may be pulling into and pulling on the IT band so that you can then go and train them it's just not as sexy of an Instagram caption. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, really all we're doing is we're creating a very short-term change. So anything that we're doing, even if we're stretching, if we're massaging, if we're, you know, any of the tools that we're using, we're creating a very short-lived change within the tissue that helps to improve that range of motion. So we must immediately then go into training and strength training. And the reason why it's good to kind of couple these two together is if we can get that muscle tissue to to relax, well, then we get that full range of motion. Now we get that full relaxation, that full contraction. And you don't really get a strong enough contraction if something is always super tight. And that super tight tension around an area too can be a result of increasing that sensitivity of pain. So that's why it could help potentially to to do some foam rolling massage or stretching on the muscles surrounding, but not you're not targeting your IT band, like crossing your leg and trying to stretch into your hip, you know, really not doing anything for your IT band. And again, if you do feel relief on that, it's likely because you stretched or, you know, put some tension through muscles that surround it or yes. attach into the IT band. So are all these things useless? No, it's just the terminology of you're doing this to the IT band is something that we don't subscribe to. Are these all useless when used by themselves and not paired with anything else? Yeah. (laughs) Fairly useless because it's going to be short term and you're not going to have any long term changes. You need to then start training. And I think the reason a lot of people get into trouble with these overuse type injuries is because exercise culture (laughs) and the, the culture of, okay, I had my long day of doing nothing and sitting and typing and whatever and now i'm going to go and do 45 minutes straight at the gym of circuit training and that just is like obliterating a sleeping bear you know you gotta wake them up slowly Mm -hmm. bring them to the berry bush get that (laughs) before you feed them the elk Otherwise, it's not going to sit well with their tummy. I don't know where that analogy <laughs> yeah, came from. Yeah, like go all the way but down that But seriously, road. if you're just sitting all day long and then you go and run, you know, a, 10 miles for training for a marathon or go to some sort of circuit training where you just let your body have it, essentially, your IT band isn't going to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an, in the article that I was reading, it said, you know, do we see, and this was kind of anecdotal and they were just more so posing the question, but do we see IT band syndromes in people who have more laborious jobs and who mm-hmm. are up and doing more throughout the day because their activity is stretched throughout a span in their day where their body is more used to it likely. Mm-hmm. They've been doing that consistently. They don't have drastic changes in the amount of activity and load they put on their body throughout the day. And it made me pause and think like, yeah, their, their body probably does adapt more consistently over time and doesn't have the extreme highs and lows of activity and sedentary behaviors in one single day. Yeah, exactly. And we know that what the research is very consistent on is that strengthening around your hip does help to improve IT band syndrome. And honestly, there's very limited evidence to support one specific technique or one specific treatment when it comes to IT band. And I like that it said that because 
this is important to note, you know, we're always looking for the one thing that's going to help my IT band, the one thing that's going to help my pain. But the one thing we're missing is that you are a unique individual and what might work for you might not work for another person. And that doesn't mean that the treatment was bad. It means that we needed something different for you and that's okay. And that's the hardest thing I think to wrap around for for people is that I just need the thing that's going to help. Well, the thing that's going to help is what we do know, progressively starting to overload, not overload, but just progressively load into that tissue and and progressively strengthen in the hips in a safe way. We're not going to say, oh, you are doing nothing, kind of to Dom's point. Oh, that just start training under a barbell and lifting heavy like (laughs) no we need to progress it over time and so we might need to start at the basics and then work our way back up bring some awareness to the tissue before we start to really load it right and there's different ways we'll talk about some of the different exercises you can kind of use to progress that pattern but overall we're seeing that you know starting to work on strength around the hip really helps because we're starting to load different muscles around the knee and around the hip that that come into the IT band and they kind of alter our central pain processing system, which reduces our sensitivity of the pain in the area. And like you said, a lot of it's going to depend on to what severity, you know, of symptoms are you feeling in that Mm -hmm. IT band? Like we're we're not just going to jump to heavy barbell lifting and stuff, which we don't necessarily need. You know, you might need to start at a much more basic place. And we're going to talk through kind of three levels that you can start with or progress through um, but then again, that's where some of the tools, especially if you're starting in kind of that level one where you're doing a lot lighter strengthening or, you know, exercises that are going to put some sort of tension through the muscles that surround the IT band. Um, you could be using some of those other techniques like different hip stretches and foam rolling techniques of the hips to help keep those pain levels low before you go into some of those early stage exercises and then that might help you progress a little bit quicker. Yeah. And that all is dependent on your individual pain. So don't just do form rolling and stretching because you think it's a thing that's going to help. If it isn't helping your pain, you don't need to do it. And I think that's what's most important too. Like if, if something isn't helping, like I think one of the the cool things that we saw in the studies too, that I want to bring up is that we saw that you know, what we do know for training, so training your abductors and external rotators, so a lot of your glute muscles, um, you know, they showed no difference in IT band stiffness between people who had pain and people who didn't have pain. But what they did find was that when pain with people with pain, when their pain reduced, it actually increased the stiffness in their IT band. And I think that's a really important thing to note because what we usually think with foam rolling and with massage and with all these techniques is that we're trying to reduce that stiffness. Oh, it's too tight. It's too taut. It's, I need to reduce that tightness, you know, in order to heal. And what we're actually seeing from the research is that increasing the stiffness of that IT band, meaning making yourself stronger all around that hip area is actually going to help to reduce your pain more long term. And I, and I love to point that out because that means you don't have to do the foam rolling. You don't have to do the percussion gun. You don't have to do the massage techniques. The, the point here is that we do want to get back into being able to reduce the pain. So if that helps with reducing pain at first, fine, but we do need to get back into exercises and start loading that area. 
Yeah. And so why don't we talk through kind of these three levels that we've been talking about of the exercises. And so level one is starting with more what we would call open chain exercises, Mm -hmm. where open chain essentially means your foot's not planted into anything. So like a side-lying hip abduction where you're laying on your side, bringing your hip to the outside, which can be a kind of tricky exercise to make sure you're targeting the right space, but that's Mm -hmm. a whole nother conversation. Um, Or like a side-lying hip external rotation, like a clam of sorts. Mm -hmm. Again, something where there's good and bad versions of clams. So if you check out the YouTube of this episode, um, we'll kind of be showing examples of these exercises. Yeah. And then you can kind of move into, you know, some glute bridges, which is technically closed chain because we're putting our foot but down. But still relatively low load. But low load. Yeah. So now we're, look, we're looking at like, and this isn't just like, let's do bridges up and down. I think what's important about all these exercises is that we, we do start with isometric holds. Isometric holds helps to reduce that that sensitivity to pain in the area. It also helps to kind of build that strength and awareness and control in that area. And then we start to kind of put some repetitions behind. So if we're doing like clam holds, I like that better. Glute holds, you know, and really feeling those muscles start to fire and holding for at least 30 seconds to a minute, I think is a great place to start. And then we can go into level two, which is kind of like our moderate load. Now we're starting in what's called quote unquote closed chain exercises. So we're starting to stand. We're doing we're we're doing mini squats. So maybe this is like assisted squats, right? So going to within your pain tolerance. If it's not very low, that's it's not very low then. Or if you need some support to help you to use those muscles and, and not feel as much pain, then you're using some support, you know, starting to go into lunges, starting to go into sidesteps, um, uh, things that are going to start to put a little bit more tension repetition through those muscles. Yeah, essentially getting the hips functionally loading and put multi-directional tension through those hips. So yeah. like the sidesteps, squats, which is more of a balanced exercise versus a lunge, mm-hmm. which you're going to be a little bit more on one leg during. And then after that, the phase three would be to kind of start loading it up. Mm-hmm. And how do we get back to doing, you know, these functional movements, but with a little more load and then even working into plyometric exercises. So, I mean, for squats, instead, you could do a goblet squat. For lunges, you're maybe holding dumbbells in your hands. You're trying to the a forward lunge versus a reverse lunge versus a step out lunge, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of different variations where it's going to load you slightly differently. You're going to be activating slightly different muscles and then progressing into plyometrics, which whatever that means for you, a lot of people think plyometrics and they think jumping, mm-hmm. but plyometrics can just be going up on your toes and dropping onto your heels. And that heel drop puts a, a jolt of force through your body that mm-hmm. you're um, IT bands are going to need to respond to. Um, and if you are somebody who's wanting to get back to running, like, are you able to jump from foot to foot mm-hmm. and hold and balance on that single leg and then jump back and hold and balance? And that's going to start to get us in more of this neuroreactive state of being able to work on balance and how our muscles all coordinate together and put coordinated tension through that IT band. Mm-hmm. And overall, just continuing to say, okay, you know, we want to, if we want to progress, you know, load over time, that's either increasing the amount of reps that we're doing, that's increasing the amount of load, or 
that is slowing a movement down. And I think slowing a movement down, it can be so incredibly beneficial. A lot of times, especially with exercise programs, we're taught to kind of, you know, push through, you have 45 seconds, like as many reps as possible or, you know. And I think especially when we're thinking of rehabbing, (coughs) if you can slow yourself down, and this is what I do in like all of our challenges or all of our workout plans, is always getting people to slow things down because you'll feel it so much more. And you feel it so much more because you're bringing more awareness to the movement. When we bring more awareness to the movement, we're still getting time under tension. So we're still loading, you know, and progressing, but we're making sure that we're doing it in a really controlled manner. We're not overcompensating and we're, we're teaching the body a proper movement. So I think, you know, really being mindful of that, not rushing the process, really slowing things down and becoming, you know, just like a master of your own body. And as you continue to strengthen is, is a really great way to kind of reframe how I'm rehabbing my knee. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to another podcast. Now, if you haven't jumped into Gen Health, I just want to say that this is going to be the time. We have a massive discount happening. It's only $129 for the entire year. And we have a knee plan on there that includes all of the things that you need to help reduce the tension around those hips and the knees and help you to progressively start to load under tension and get better, stronger hips, stronger knees and feel better. So if you haven't yet, please go check out Gen Health. We'll have it linked up below. Start your free week and get in at only 129.